Hello and Happy New Year! Welcome back to the Job Hunter podcast, a show where we explore some of the UK's most interesting jobs. That's not to say that sometimes we don't go a little further afield as we are today. On this week's episode, we are sampling another piece of Americana that many Brits are not aware they can get involved in. Have you ever contemplated being able to live, work and travel around some of the US's most picturesque regions while also creating lifelong friendships? If this has piqued your interest, well sit back, relax and let's get on with the show. the Job Hunter podcast. This week we are speaking about a job very close to my heart. A couple years back I was lucky enough to spend a couple of months uh, between years at uni working in the States at a summer camp as a rifle instructor. I found this to be a really great experience for me and a time I look back extremely fondly. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Dave Schiff, co-owner of Camp Manitoba for Boys, an all-boys summer camp located in Maine in the beautiful New England region of the US. And I also have with him Matt Betts, a fellow Brit. Matt was one of only four international staff that managed to get into camp this summer due to COVID restrictions, where typically they would have upwards of 40 international staff from all over the world. Dave, thanks for chatting with me. Uh, for our British listeners, what exactly is a summer camp and what sort of stuff do the kids get up to? Yeah, no, thanks for having us. Uh, it's great to see you doing this and trying to help people along to find uh, jobs. So Children's Summer Camp is something that has existed for probably 100 years uh, in, in the United States. Uh, I think it started mostly in, in the Northeast. Camp Manitou is actually about to celebrate its 75th summer. Uh, we're a boys camp, but uh, there's certainly programs that are co-educational and, and, uh, girls only as well. We hire, um, guys and, and, and girls. Um, but, but our camp was founded as, as a boys camp and it's really a chance for kids to get away, build their skills, uh, at the waterfront or land sports or creative arts, but also their interpersonal and, and social emotional skills. And, uh, I, I imagine that that if you talk to different camp programs around the country, the values that the camps were founded on in the uh, you know, 1900s uh, still exist today, that there, there are a lot of things that evolve over time, but the idea that we're giving kids a chance to uh, get themselves out of their comfort zone, meet new people, make new friends, build skills, uh, is something that that is really core to the, the experience. And so it's become a tradition uh, in the United States that I don't know exists in, in many other places around the world. And, and for us, uh, the kids spend uh, seven weeks with us. So they make really deep relationships with their uh, uh friends that they make and, and the staff members that they meet. Uh, there are certainly other programs that have different lengths of time, but um, when you know, you're sending your kid away for that length of time, they're going to come back as, as, a, as a different person. They're going to grow a lot and, and um, have different levels of confidence in, in different things they do. So Dave, you don't look 75 for our listeners that, that may not be able to see the visuals I'm guessing. You, you don't look 75. Um, I'm safe to assume that you aren't 75. Um, how did you come about to being one of the owners of, of Camp Manito? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am fortunate enough that I was a camper there uh, a long time ago at this point, but, but not 75 years ago. And uh, 
I grew up there as a kid, became a staff member. And it, it, a lot of these camps are family businesses where, uh, again, they were established in, in Manitou's case and, and some of the other ones that uh, are in our region of the country. Uh, they were established just after World War II, uh, primarily by people that wanted to help get kids out of the cities. And so the family that uh, established Manitou was was the owners essentially um, from that time through uh, the late 1990s when myself and, and a guy named John Darren uh, bought the camp from um, the former owner. So we have a pretty neat story that that we've pretty much always been there and we have a lot of different jobs between being campers and staff members and and then and then owning the camp. Um, but I think you'll find that that camps across the country are either uh, small businesses like ourselves that are, are owned by uh, the operators or uh, their uh, programs that are, are organized by organizations, um, maybe religious organizations or not-for-profit type um, situations where people want to um, give back to the local community. So Matt, I'm, I'm assuming that before you went to, to camp, you didn't really know anything about summer camps. Um, what were your expectations before you went out and, and obviously did the experience live up to the expectation? Yeah. So I, as a Brit, I really had no idea and I didn't know what I was expecting. I was working in an office in an office job and I was like, well, I want to try something different. I've heard good things about these American summer camps. So, uh, I was sort of expecting to, to be more of like a, a childcare role and to be like more, a little bit more educational, but it like looking at it, it's way more about making sure these kids are getting things that they wouldn't get at school and that they wouldn't get that they wouldn't talk to their parents about and they can talk to us and like be themselves. Um, so that was really nice to sort of watch these kids grow up and come out of their shells and become who they're going to be. Um, and it's a great environment for staff and the kids to sort of like, I wouldn't say relax, but have fun and, you know, complement each other's skills and get to know each other and you will definitely make lifelong friends from camp which is amazing and um what would you say like a day-to-day -day, uh, you know day in the life of matt betts at, at summer camp what would that look like and and what's really involved because i think a lot of people probably don't appreciate that it's a lot more than just the job title that you get hired for i know my personal experience is you're up early you're sleeping in with the kids you've got to do x y and z before you even get to doing your day job so why don't you just take us through roughly what a day a day at manitou would look like yeah, so it's changed over the years, but the first few years I was hired as a fishing instructor. So I was like, awesome, it's going to be super chill, I'm going to be fishing, and that's going to be great. Um, but it's, yeah, as you said, it's a lot more hands-on, and then we'll get up early in the morning, make sure all the kids get out of bed, which can sometimes be the, the hardest part of the day. Um, go, go and get food, go and get breakfast, um, and then we have uh, two or three hours of instructional so for me that would have been fishing um and then after that it's lunchtime and then we get to do a thing called college league where it's uh the camp gets split into four teams and they all compete against each other and it's really hype and the kids love it the staff love it and then after that we'll have uh dinner and then head to evening activity which can be a range of things to uh theater productions or uh, softball under the lights. Um, th there's so many amazing things that these kids get to do. And then 
another hard part of the day is getting the kids to bed. So, but in between the sandwich of bedtime and wake up is a really full on day and you will definitely feel tired at the end of it. And what, what, what do you make of the facilities? Because to me, it almost seemed like its own involved bubble of, of, of different exciting things, almost like going to university, to college, but without the horrible education aspect and just doing all of the fun stuff, you know, the sports, the, the theatre and stuff like that. What kind of stuff is there on, on site for, for the kids and the counsellors to do? Yeah, so you, you imagine summer camp, you're thinking like a, a British campsite, you know, and then you get there and it's like, oh my God, this is more like a university campus. Um, and there's a, a massive basketball gymnastics hall and tennis courts and a big uh, baseball field are on the lake with access to boats and kayaks and stand-up paddle boards, volleyball courts. I mean, whatever you want to do, like you, it's on you to pack your days with as much stuff as you can and there's so many extracurriculars to get to get into and um dave what would you say is is the most rewarding aspect of of running a summer camp or, or being involved for the so many years that you already have been yeah at this point a lot of it's it's the relationships and and reconnecting with people and seeing people uh build relationships, not only at camp, but, but beyond. And, and it, uh, it, it amazes me how uh, small our world becomes as people cross paths uh, later on in life. I, I, I've been with the camp now for 30 years. And, and uh, in that time, I've, I've seen people grow up and get jobs and, you know, do all kinds of different things. Uh, and it just seems like wherever they go, they'll take that, that, sweatshirt or hat or whatever they they have they'll always have that with them they'll have it as a photo you know as the background of their phone and and they'll never be too surprised when they walk into a restaurant or they they go to a new place and somebody's like hey uh, do you know or have you been or i know somebody uh i mean it happens to me a lot because I, I, I run the place, but um, I hear back from people all the time. And then in addition, the, the, the friendships that you make are such that uh, you're meeting people from around the world. And it's really an intentional community that we establish. And so uh, I know that, that people that come and work for us um, will travel around the United States or travel into Asia or Australia or um, whatnot, and and they'll be able to use the resources um, to see people and, and make friends and and make connections and and just build just deeper um, experience than what they would have is just going on a you know two month holiday. Do you think that's because it's so much more concentrated and you're you're living with each other you know day in day out for seven weeks rather than it being like say like a holiday? Yeah, absolutely. That, that uh, there, there's a trust and 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 intentionality too. That I, I would think that most people that are coming to do this are are looking to to build their network and 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 make some friends and and uh, the idea that you know this isn't going to be your career necessarily. It's 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 going to be something you might do you know one summer and then you're like oh actually I really love that I'll I'll do that again and I'll do that again and I'll do that again. But, but most people, I think uh, it's okay to say, approach it like, Hey, this is something I want to do because I'm in university or, you know, I'm graduating and I want to try it out. And, you know, you, you take it from there, but, but it doesn't take long to, to really, you know, have a really ex extremely positive experience. 
uh, obviously I mentioned a little bit in, in the introduction and, and we kind of need to address the elephant in the room. Um, how was camp this year different to previous years? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll go first and then Matt can give, a, I'm sure, his perspective because he's got an awesome story about, about getting there. We uh, were one of the few U.S. camps that, that opened this summer. Uh, we have a terrific team of people and doctors who helped us stay the course and 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 build a situation where we uh, were completely quarantined. We asked uh, the staff and the kids that were coming there to uh, isolate and 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 uh, quarantine before their arrival, so that they weren't going to bring the COVID into the camp. We tested everybody before they arrived and then a few days after they arrived. So we were able to build a, a bubble. And in doing that, we said to people, look, if you're going to come here, once you get here, you have to stay. And uh, people were really respective and responsive. And, and, and we all recognized the importance of, of the experience, given the circumstances that existed, um, you know, in the outside world. And so, uh, again, every summer is an intentional community, but in particular this summer, um, not only the, the, the staff, but the kids all recognized, hey, like, I'm going to this place. It's going to be different. We're going to have to wear some masks. We're going to have to keep distance. Uh, but but it's going to be worth it because in comparison with what other people are doing and, and the fear that's out there and, and the restrictions that are out there, this is going to you know work out pretty well. And and that's exactly what happened. We we were able to um, create a situation where uh, fortunately too we're in Maine, which um, is is a pretty rural place in, in the United States. And so because of that. The virus at that point of the summer what um, was not uh, spreading, you know, rapidly or in any kind of way, and and our people came from a lot of different places, uh, and and people made a lot of sacrifices to get there. But but once they did, um, you know, we had a, a really strong bubble and, and, and situation so that um, we we got in a pretty good summer. And, and there were things that were different, but the feeling stayed the same. The idea that that you know you're there to make friends and you're there to build skills, and not only the kids but also the staff um, that didn't change and and then we we have so many people on our leadership team that were so dedicated and and eager to to make it work that, that they found their way there and that, that that's Matt's story yeah so basically I had to get to camp because I hadn't planned anything else in my life I knew that that was the priority so me and another a member of senior staff James um, the only way we could get into the U.S. was if we spent two weeks outside in a, another country that was allowed into the U.S. So uh, we went to Croatia and quarantined for two weeks in Croatia and then had to take six flights through a few more different countries to, to end in Maine. And as soon as we got there, we did another week and a half quarantine in the, the camp next door. Um, some uh, acting Manitou. And then we got into camp and after a week, it, it just felt like it has every other year. In context, is, that was my fourth summer last year. And it, it, as soon as you see the kids again, and it, it just, it's the, been the same as every year. It's about connection and seeing everyone you love. And it, it's just one big family. I don't consider it a job in any way. Fantastic. And um, obviously speaking of 
uh, you know, the size of it, how, how, how was that different? Did, how many kids did you have? How many staff were, were actually at the site this year? Yeah. So typically, uh, we have about 370 boys and about a hundred and 20, 150 staff that, that kind of live and work with them. Um, we actually ended up keeping about the same number of staff because we wanted to make sure that, that if we weren't letting people, um, leave camp in any kind of way that when we had downtime for staff, when people had time off, that we were still able to have, um, you know, safe and effective coverage for the kids and, and, and whatnot. In addition to that, too, uh, you know, we didn't know if the virus was going to come in. So we wanted to make sure that we had protocols in place so that if it did, that we could have people isolating in different places. Um, Matt mentioned that we, we had a, a neighboring camp that wasn't open. And so we we're able to use that uh, as a backup quarantine location. Um, it, but it ended up being a place where staff were able to, to go. Um, on their, on their days off. So, um, with the kids, we, we ended up having 90 less kids than, than we, we had, uh, in a typical summer. Also in a typical summer, we would go for seven weeks, uh, and we would have two entry points. We'd have kids that came for three and a half weeks to start the summer. And then kids that would come for three and a half weeks, um, for the back end of the summer. But given, uh, everything that, that, that was going on, we felt like having more than one entry point would, would, uh, be, problematic. So, uh, we didn't do that second session. And the other thing too, was that, um, we were concerned about having a closed campus for such a long time. So instead of doing seven weeks, we did five weeks. So, um, it was, it was, it was different, but again, like the, the, the nature of it, the bones of it were all the same. So obviously it's one thing to be at camp. Um, but Matt, why don't you take us through the process a little bit of how as a Brit you get to camp, I think it's, you know, fair to say it's not something you can just Google uh, and how to go to summer camp. And that's that it's a little, little bit more involved. So, so why don't you take us through a little bit of at least say your first year, what you had to do to get, get to summer camp. Yeah. So uh, I signed up with an agency called Camp America, um, which I'd known about through my cousin who did the same thing. And essentially you have to put in all your details and your skills. So for me, it was uh, fishing, I put soccer, uh, and a lot of random skills. And then that profile then gets sent to uh, a lot of camp directors in the US, and then they can filter by what skills they need in their camp. Uh, and one day I got an email from Dave saying, hey, we need a fishing instructor, are you interested? And then we had an interview, and that all went well. Um, so then the agency then can send you to the US embassy in London. And then you get all your forms back a week later and you get a big visa stamp in your passport. And then you can fly to the US and stay for the amount of time on your visa. And then you get a 30-day grace period after your visa ends to travel uh, the US or stay in the US with friends you've met in camp, which I did for three years. And yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a journey, but it is, it's well worth it. So that's the model answer. I think my, my experiences was very different. I think I'm, as I remember it, Dave, you hired me about five days before summer camp started because you were desperate for people. So, um, there is hope if you are worried that you might not find somewhere. Um, they, I think it's, they've got something like a 90% placement rate with camp America, but, um, 
yeah just just email people do a little video describe yourself and yeah maybe you'll be lucky and, and get to work at Manitoba um I always appreciate that Dave that you, you picked me up at a very low point and it was getting towards the middle of, the, of April and I didn't have a job and then you, you found me yeah no I'm hiring people all year long and and uh you know there's never a bad time to to apply for this type of job because um it, it's it's something where you know different people have different skills and uh, you know, we're, we're the type of industry where, um, you know, it, it can work out pretty quickly. And, um, apart from obviously the, the getting there and whatever, why do you, why do you think that our listeners, especially our British listeners should consider, uh, working as a counselor and coming to the U S to do summer camp? Um, I think it's just a very rewarding experience and it's unlike anything we have in the UK. Um, Sure, if you want to work with kids, you can go into the more teaching route, but that requires all the qualifications and that kind of thing. But it, it's a it's an extremely different environment and you will grow as a person. My first year at camp, I was 24 years old and there was first year counselors who were 18, 19, 20. And we, we all felt like we were the same age. Well, to me, I'm sure they wouldn't say that. But to me, I just felt like we we're all growing together in the role. And my, my leadership skills and communication just went through the roof and you have to manage these kids and it's just a great experience. And I I've never had anything like that in the UK. Yeah, I, I, I would just add that I think a lot of times the, the, the reputation of it is, Oh, you're going on like, you know, a, a holiday that, that has some responsibility, but if you approach it as a, as a growth opportunity where you really are going to have all those skills that Matt just mentioned, but uh, you're going to work in, in, in collaborative situations almost all the time, uh, whether it's in a cabin environment or, you know, when, when, um, when Frenchie was at the rifle range, uh, he was working with with another instructor, and, and they probably came from different places and had different ideas on what looked safe and what would be engaging and fun for the kids. And having to collaborate and and and, and make sure that everybody's comfortable and everybody's safe um, is is so you know important. Um, there's so many problem solving situations that you get into, uh, and, and being able to become a, a problem solver is something that you can use, uh, in, in any job. Uh, and then it's also a place that really promotes, uh, creativity that I would think that most camps you'll find that sure, you know, you were hired as a, as a rifle instructor, but I, I think you also mentioned something about a saxophone and, and being able to, to, to get out there and, and, and play the music, uh, is something that a lot of people, you know, maybe don't get a chance to do in front of audiences. And all of a sudden you're up on the stage in front of a few hundred people and you're playing some music and, and, it's, it's really a test of your confidence and your skills. And, and, and in most situations, even when people are, you know, not so good, the, the crowd goes crazy and everybody's really happy. Camps are just fun places. And, um, why in particular do you, do you hire international staff or do you, do you have a, a, a basis of, for wanting to have a lot of international staff in your roster? Yeah. So the international staff have been coming to the States for at least 30 Five, 40 years, uh, probably more than that. And, and so I imagine that the trajectory of, of, of that um, uh, purpose has, has grown over time. But from a Manitoba perspective, we have a really diverse 
group of people uh, for our, our camper population. They come from all different parts of, of, of the country and, and internationally as well. And so to be able to give people a chance to meet um, people from around the world is, is something that, that we really take a lot of pride in. In addition, uh, we offer so many different uh, activities that having people that really have uh, fundamental skills to be able to teach kids is really important. And so uh, for something like riflery uh, or, or um, archery or um, fencing, those are, are, are skills that sure, there's plenty of people uh, that, that um, you know, do those sports in, in, in the United States, but, but we found that, um, you know, international staff um, bring, bring just a generally a higher skill level. And then the, the final thing I would say too, is that, is that, uh, the sense of purpose that, that, uh, the buy-in from the international staff is something that that's really important that it's, it's not just another job that, um, without bad mouthing our, our American staff members, um, that, you know, you're signing up for an experience and, and there's so many positive aspects of that. Uh, and when we buy into that and, and we celebrate that, I want to make sure that you make some friends and that you go and you travel to Boston or Miami or LA after camp. That's important for us to, to, to see you through that process so that you, you know, you feel like it was a worthwhile experience. Uh, and I guess uh, what I want to touch on now is what is both of your favorite ex part of part. What's your favorite part of camp? What, what do you guys enjoy the most while you're in the bubble for seven weeks? You must have some particular highlights. Honestly, for me, it's uh, the cliche of the friends you make along the way. Uh, like the, I've got so many lifelong friends from my first year at camp, second year, third year, fourth year, all different people sometimes. Yeah. There are, some of the best friends in the world and the i've been lucky enough to stick around after the kids go back after camp to help out with weddings and events um and it's been amazing to have access to the waterfront and the boats and uh all of the facilities that camp have just to have a good time uh, as well as work hard um so for me that that's the favorite bit and actually seeing my kids grow up from the 12 year olds they were when they, when I first met them, immature, uh, but great kids. And now they're going to be 16, uh, sorry, 15, well, 15, 16 next year. And it's going to be their last year as campers. And I cannot wait to see like what they do with their last year. And then onwards when they become staff members in the future, if they come back, it's just so exciting to, to watch their growth and know that I've been a part of it and hopefully a positive influence for them. Because that's what it is. You want to be a good influence for these kids. Yeah, and and, and for me, from from a macro perspective, just seeing people grow. Uh, that that for for somebody like Matt, who, who again came to us as a fishing instructor, uh, he's now going to be in charge of of the oldest kids this summer, and so um, it's really it's really neat to to see. Um, those moments where, where you see people step in and take leadership and, and uh, we're, we're a place where it, it can happen kind of at a young age, that, that there's sometimes 12 or 13 year olds that find themselves in a, in a, in a game or on a stage and, and that's their moment and, and, and they really run with it and grow with it and people, people celebrate that. So uh, I, I really like celebrating all the, the, the fun, unique moments each summer. Um, you mentioned college league, Matt, uh, and obviously it's a format where you split the, the, the camp in four and they compete in a series of events. Um, 
why don't you just explain what happens at the end and, and the culmination of all those events so I have particularly fond memories of, of running into a certain lake at the end so why don't you just give us a brief overview of that yeah so college league is stretched over the seven weeks of camp oh sorry the six weeks of camp um and so there's all these emotions that have been going from day one uh, of what team wants to win uh, and on the last night of college league there's a an event called presentation night or pres night where the four teams will take it in turns to uh, sing three songs and alma a uh yeah, a fight in a cheer and then perform a skit, uh, which is basically they're acting out scenes from camp that year and trying to make the judges laugh and give them high points. Uh, and then after everyone has presented, they all we all go down to the basketball courts and wait for the judge's verdict, which is uh, an always a tense 30 to 60 minutes. And then the results are shouted out one by one. And the first place team gets to run from the top of the hill where they're announcing the results and run down the hill and jump into the shallow pool in the lake and go crazy. And everyone's screaming and it's sometimes the highlight of the summer for a lot of kids and staff. And it's it's a really good time. And sometimes you get to do that twice if you win the other event, which is Color War. Speaking of Color War, Dave... What have been some of the most memorable moments of that? I, I hear the story every year that I was there. I heard the story of, of some elephants wandering into camp. Yeah, so uh, Color War is, is, is for a Manitou a time when we take all of our uh, big uh, events from the summer and and almost re recreate them uh, at the end of the summer. And so we drop everything and do four days of Color War and, and um we split into two teams and, and the leadership, uh, is, is really passionate for, um, the, the opportunity to, to, to lead a team of kids. And, uh, they're usually surrounded by people who, who again, are, are, are just very invested in, in the moment. And, and at that point in the summer, we're, you know, recognizing that, that, that these are going to be the last times we get to do things. Uh, and so, uh, there are really neat things that, that end up happening to just try to, uh, inspire and, and, and get people, uh, outside of their comfort zone. So, so, uh, yeah, back when I was a kid, um, and actually my first summer, one of the guys that was uh, in charge of one of the teams, uh, heard that there was a, 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 a um, um, not a zoo, a, uh, a traveling circus in town. And, and, uh, he and a few of the, the people that were in charge of the team went out and, and spoke to the leaders of, of the, uh, the management company, I guess, and convince them to uh, have the elephants come out to camp and, and they let them ride them into camp. And, uh, it was very just inspiring and amazing and, and funny at the same time. And, and, um, yeah, there have been plenty of other times where we've had planes fly in, uh, with people and, all kinds of different things um, to just, again, get people a little bit of a, a different look and uh, to get them excited and, and, and whatnot. But uh, uh, what I what I always love about Color War is is that it, it's a it's a chance to, to look at your summer and to say, all right, I'm just going to put a little bit more effort into something and I'm hopefully going to grow over these next four days in, in a different kind of way. And 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 for myself that um, has been there for you know so many years, uh, it's still an event where uh, I love that we just drop everything and get so into it. And 
uh, you know, it's, 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 it's the highlight of my summer. Um, I like to a little section in, in, in these podcasts where we ask the guests, uh, to give, give us their three tips. So I call it Tim's three tips. Uh, and, um, it'd be great if I could hear from you guys. Um, if you could give us three tips on, on how to be a good leader and specifically how to work well with young people. Um, it'd be great to, to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, three tips. Well, I would say don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone. Um, these kids, a lot of the time, they don't need like a, an authority over them. They just want a friend or a big brother um, and someone to have fun with. So don't be afraid to be a little silly sometimes and make sure you're having a good time as well. It's not, it is about the kids experience, but also you need to enjoy yourself too. So as long as you're not beating anyone up, then you're good to go. Uh, tip number two. Um, hmm, it's a tricky one because they all kind of come under the let yourself loose category. Just be, be a good mentor and a, a good supporting figure for staff and kids. And don't be afraid to shout anyone out if you think they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. You know, we're all all in it together and we need to have some collective accountability sometimes to look out for each other. Um, we teach what we tolerate and we tolerate discretion. Yeah, all right. So so my, my three tips would be to, uh, one, uh, uh, try new things and uh, recognize that, that um, you don't have to be good at anything that you try or, or whatnot. And that might even be new food. Um, that nobody's judging you and, and that you're in this new place and uh, be open um, to, to new experiences because uh, we all recognize that that, that that's why uh, you've, you've come there. Uh, two is uh, share about you and your family. Uh, the kids are really curious. Um, your co-counselors are probably really curious and, and, and they want to know about you. And, and uh, that's, that's really uh, important to the experience. The more that you share, uh, the, the more connected they're going to feel. And, um, you don't have to be somebody that wants to be an educator, um, or work with kids for a, a lifetime to, to, you know, uh, go back to what, what Matt said is, is just to be a really positive role model. And, and that that can come in so many different ways and it doesn't have to be the big voice, but, it, it should be the person that, that makes choices that are healthy and responsible and uh, that every day you wake up and say, Hey, like I'm maybe only going to be here once and, and I'm going to just take, take the opportunity to make the most of it. And who knows what um, doors are going to open because of this experience. Uh, amazing. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the the show, to be honest. Uh, just, just two more questions, really. Um, Dave, how do you think summer camps will change in the future? Or do you think they will change? Yeah, so they, they definitely will change. Uh, it's, it's an industry that, that I still see as, as, as a growth industry because even though it's been around for a long time, uh, there's plenty of people that don't experience it and, and don't know much of it. So uh, whether it's in the UK or other parts of the world that, that uh summer camps are opening up. That could be an interesting, um, development at some point. 
And, and then in, in, in terms of that too, that, that we're borrowing more, um, uh, cultural or, or, um, uh, yeah, we're borrowing more and more things from other places. Uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but, but, but camp is a place where you can step away from technology and stay off your phone and, and unplug and, and, and not be so connected to the day-to-day news of the world. So, um, you know, in a lot of ways, as the world moves forward and, and becomes more technologically advanced, uh, we always want to try to make sure that we're, um, using technology to our advantage in operating the camp and communicating with people, sharing photos and videos and whatever else. But for the people that are on the ground there, uh, the more the world evolves in, into a place that's very digital, camp is an opportunity to step back and, and, and uh, maybe appreciate the, the slow time that can pass. So it's almost like an escape from the real world sometimes especially in, in in what's become such a miserable yeah. year camp was a good way yeah, to get away from know, it we headed into you know last march when when things started to really kind of uh become apparent that this was not going to be a, a typical summer and our mantra was people need camp we've got to figure this out a lot of people were telling us it's not going to be safe. It's not such a good idea. You're risking, you know, your business, this and that. And we kept going back to the idea that, that the kids and the staff that, that were going to be there would, would want to be there. The parents would want them to be there because there, there's so many benefits to it. And at that point, um, you know, we had thought, all right, you know, kids are going to be, you know, in, in, quarantine for, you know, three months heading into the summer, uh, they need this more than anything. And I think at this point, you know, you're now thinking, gosh, 2020 was important. 2021 is even more important because, you know, there's so many people that didn't get that opportunity. More camps should be open this coming summer to get more people that opportunity. And, and so, uh, it's just, it's something that's going to grow in importance even more, I, I think, you know, going forward. Um, so Matt, what piece of advice would you give a listener that might be on the fence, you know, someone who's at university and they're considering what, what they're going to do with their summertime? Um, what advice would you give them, um, about going over to be a counselor in the States? Yeah. Well, if you've got the time this summer and if you're on the fence, honestly, what have you got to lose? I, I don't think for, as far as I'm concerned, there wasn't really any negatives to it. Um, maybe a money aspect, but if you're not doing much with your summer anyway, that should be the least of your worries. Uh, you you get to learn so much. Like I, I learned how to drive a boat. I learned how to play baseball. Not that I'm any good. Learn the rules of all these weird American sports, which I disregard. Um, but it's just a whole lot of fun. And as I've said, it I, it doesn't feel like a job to me. I just get to hang out with friends and kids and become their big brother and if you if you're family orientated or you just got a free summer and you're not sure what to do you will get extra skills if you you go to a summer camp in the u.s and even if you don't enjoy it um you you'll come out of it with things that you didn't have before 
Look, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to, to both of you uh, this evening. Um, Dave, quickly, where can our listeners find out more about Camp Manitou or where to find information on working at Camp Manitou? Yeah, so, you know, obviously want to plug Camp Manitou uh, as a place where people can go. Uh, we're campmanitou.com. But it, 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 just to give some scope, there are probably... I don't know, five to 10,000 international staff that, that, that come over every summer um, to work at, at summer camp. So we mentioned Camp America earlier. Uh, there are several uh, agencies that, that assist staff uh, or, or prospective staff uh, with opportunities to come over. Um, so they can Google on camp leaders, IENA, CIE, Wild Packs, um, CCUSA. There, there are really a lot of them. And as, as Frenchie said, too, in the beginning, that uh, I think their placement rate is over 90%. So if it's something you want to do and, and you can present yourself well, you line up your references, you talk, you know, the right talk on, on your interview, uh, you show the right enthusiasm, there's a really high chance you're going to get a job. Dave, Matt, thank you very much for, for talking to you this evening. Um, stay safe. I hope you have a successful off-season from camp and a successful 2021. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you tonight. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having us. I could have chatted to Dave and Matt for hours, reminiscing about my time at summer camp. As you may have picked up, it is so much more than the cheesy stereotypes you may have seen on film or TV. If you are interested in becoming a camp counsellor, search for Camp America online. Or alternatively, I will leave the links to Camp Manitou and other camp placement services in the show notes below. If you've been enjoying the series so far, please consider subscribing. I really want 2021 to be a big year for the show and for all of you. So by subscribing, you can help raise the profile of the show and attract more new and interesting guests. Are you following us on social media yet? If not, you can find us at JobHunterPod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Dave and Matt will be available on our JobHunter Podcast Support Facebook group after the show to answer any of your questions. Got any success stories? Well, we want to hear from you. Message us, tweet us or drop us an email at JobHunterPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening to this first episode of 2021. Hopefully there's a whole lot more of the show to come. As always, I've been Tim French. And I'll see you next time on the Job Hunter podcast.